Welcome to The Art of Growth, where today we are talking about trust. This is Jim Zartman, and today Joel Hubbard and I are talking about building a culture of trust. We also wanted to put this content in a visual, accessible way. And so at theartofgrowth.org on our blog right now, there's a blog called Earning Trust, where we break down a lot of what we're talking about today, which is also sort of a Cliff Notes version of a full corporate training we often do about trust. Before we jump in, the hub of all of our work is theartofgrowth.org. If you are interested in having an Enneagram training or this kind of training in your organization, you can reach out to us there and you can find out more on the corporate coaching page of our website. Because we are hitting on this culture of series, there's actually gonna be two podcasts this week and two next week. So make sure you are subscribed. All right, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. All right, so we started this series of talking about a culture of. So we started with a culture of responsibility. So what does responsibility look like? And we tend to vacillate between the consumer world and the corporate world. But even people who are consumers, you know, most of them are going to be dealing with work environments. They're going to be dealing with team environments. And we often talk about how people express that they show up differently in some of these spaces or mm-hmm. they need to use different skills or in in these different places. So we're talking about these cultures. Yeah. And what we're talking about today is the culture of trust and how that shows up. So first of all, what I want to do is to define our terms. What do we mean by trust? And then we'll look at how do we grow in that? Um, And then finally, how does it sort of live itself out through us? Yeah. So what we mean by a definition is defining uh, what trust looks like in a team or a work environment more Mm -hmm. than like your partner or your friend or something. Well, trust is such a big word that has like, what do you mean by trust? Like people say, I trust. And then at other times, no, I'm not very trusting of other people. And then yet and, and yet in other ways they are. And then what does trust look like? Yeah. Uh, do you trust people with your thoughts? Do you trust people with your emotions? Do you trust people with your physical body? Do you trust people with your your money, your resources, your possession? I mean, mm. it varies so much in terms of what people mean by trust, but we all know what that feels like yeah. to have trust or to not have trust. And the how did you get to the point where you did trust that person? Mm. We often don't evaluate the system that allowed us to get there Mm. uh, to know that it's a trustworthy system. So it's good to evaluate why we've trust someone. uh, How did we get there so that we can be intentional about um, also being a trustworthy person, which is another aspect of this. Yeah, and also how to communicate in a way that, you know, if you're trusting someone or you trust a particular kind of person, Mm. but you don't trust another person, why is that? And what is happening that, how can you communicate better to people so you can gain trust from the variety of people? And we're kind of hinting at where we're going here because there's a variety of people and a variety of different things that we're looking for as humans in terms of what helps us to feel like we're in a trusting environment. Like I can trust this person because they act a certain way. So now I'm good, right? So because of that, I now know that there are these three kind of categories. So when I'm showing up, I want to make sure that I'm touching all three categories. I'm communicating to all three so that that way it, it fosters a little bit more trust in the environments that I'm in. And I like how you said that 
trust is very hard to define. And I think because of what we're going to bring up and structurally, it's also hard to define because it is a felt sense. Like you were talking about that. And there's a sense that this person has my best at heart, that they're going to do what they say, that they are good in process. So we're hinting at mm. at the the structure, but there is a sense of I'm okay with this person. And when we do something together, I have more of a sense of ease, more of a sense of calm, more of a sense of safety with this person. Yeah. But how we got there is a little bit of what we want to talk about. Yeah. And we have three parts of our brain. So we're going to talk about these three areas because it's, you have your lizard brain and that's the part that's like <laughs> fight, flight, freeze, right. you know. And if I feel like I'm being activated in that space. I'm not going to trust anybody, right? That's right, the first place right. where trust shuts down. Why? And that is also why trust is foundational to having good working relationships. That's absolutely foundational. You can't build on anything more if you don't have the trust. Oh, that's a good point because I think people come into work environments and it's immediately such a high-pressure, high, pressure, high yeah, right, stress to right now. Yeah. Uh, environment that they are being thrown into the reptilian brain. That's right. Whether it's that flight, fright, or freeze, or fawn. And therefore, it's very hard to establish a culture of trust when someone's thrust into something that is constantly cranking up your cortisol levels. Yeah, plus if the people around you, you don't feel like you can trust them. I mean, it is it is really difficult to be productive and to actually be creative in your work. Yeah, so. which is why I think one of the universals of trust is time, is mm. the time to mm-hmm. for it to be built. Different people may have a different level or amount of time that they need in order to feel in that place, but time is a universal factor. But it's also a universal that it is not a fixed state. Trusting someone or not trusting someone is not a fixed state. It is directional. Yeah. It has movement. And we are always making small decisions that lead to increase or decreased trust. We are always either building it or diminishing it somehow through our actions, through our words, through these uh, three components. Should we get into those three? Yeah, absolutely. This is great because it sets us up for we've defined what we mean. We've explored the the idea of trust. Yeah. Let's yeah have some three categories. Uh, go for it. Yeah. So when we were talking about this uh, several years ago and developing this um, four teams, you know, when we were doing a longer team who specifically asked us about trust and building trust on a team. And so we put this through the Enneagram filter because we know it's a one that's going to help us see more holistically instead of just from our own perspective. Uh, because if you were to ask me, why do you trust someone? Well, I'm like, well, you know, what's their character like? Do they do what they say? Or do they say they're going to do something and show up or do they or do they not follow through? And so I would have been too narrow in defining it according to my center. And so we talk about how the three centers build trust in different ways. Now, as we have to say with all of this stuff, all of these matter to us. When we talk about care, competency, and character, of course we all care that people know what they're talking about and know what they're doing in competency, that they're going to say what they do and their their character is consistent and uh, that they care about us. But we're going to notice something more first. The entrance is going to be dependent on one first and then the others will will matter or it'll be lost the fastest. So we looked at this and we said first with the body types. 
for this, it's going to be character. Are there consistent actions? Can I trust that you're going to do what you say, that you are someone of your word, that you're going to do the right thing when a tough situation comes up? Yeah, I like how you you set that up because I do think that there's a, a trigger point for each of those where if you're a person that character matters to you, meaning that people do what they say, that they're responsible, they get the things done that they said that they were going to get done, that they show up, that they fulfill their promises, that's, that's a trigger point where mm-hmm. if that doesn't happen, the other two— right. They don't matter as much. Like yeah. you can be a person who's like, "Well, I care about you. I care about," you. and for a person of char- who, who mm-hmm. character matters, it's like, "Well, you, but you didn't do what you said you were going to do multiple times." Because if you really cared, <laughs> if you care, your, right, your yeah. actions would have showed it. So I'm right. even interpreting the another other one. excellent yeah. through my lens. Right. So right. even how I define that, yes, that is great because I think that a person who, whose number one would be more care. For them, character would be the flip. It would be, you know, because I care so much and I want you to care and care for my feelings. If you don't, then that demonstrates that you lack character. <laughs> yes. So, so since uh, we're talking about care yeah. here, we're, we're talking about the body center when we're talking about that character and the action. That's right. We're talking about the heart center when we're talking about care. Are there considerate emotions is one way that we frame this. And so I'm going to evaluate your character based on whether or not I feel like you care for me. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So let's continue on with care because that's, as you said, it's heart center. So folks in that, for for whom care is number one, it is about how do you respond to me as a person? Mm. How do you respond to my feelings? Is there any reciprocity in the relationship? Yeah. I had talked to somebody today who said, you know, I've multiple times I do, you know, these things for these people and they don't reciprocate, right? Mm. And they were a heart type. They are a heart mm. type. So it really gets to the point where it's that that speaks to me like you don't care. And there's mm. the loss of trust there. It's like, I, I have done all of this and I didn't ask for anything in return. And I feel like you're, yeah. now, now it's not necessarily that the person, that the other person wanted this person to do that for yeah. them. But that's how heart types will look for things is in the space of concern and care. So you show up at work, right? You have a work meeting. And if you show up at the meeting and it's the agenda is we're going to talk about employee retention and how we can do better at retaining, you know, employees yeah. on our team. And you jump right in and you talk about that. That may be okay. But if every meeting is you just jump in and you deal with the issues. Mm-hmm. Let's say a person with care as their number one concern says, well, I've noticed that some people don't feel like they're supported or, you know, I'm wondering about the person that didn't show up at the meeting today. Are they okay? Mm. Yeah, they're fine. Let's move on. And uh, and so those are the sort of things that start yeah. to, to communicate to this person I don't feel safe here, right? So again, care has to do with safety very much. Like I I need to feel like I'm seen, I'm cared for, that we have a safe environment like that. So I think that that's a, a, good, a good note to teams when you're meeting is pay attention to those softer things. Yes. <laughs> and not just like, We got to hit the agenda and we got to execute and get stuff done. Yes. And the rest of you should just 
you know, come alongside and do that as well. Yeah, and I understand how some people say, well, we just, we got to get to the task or we got to get to this or that. What the care folks want to know is that they are not a component of an assembly line where they could just be swapped out for a different machine or a different part. Yeah. They are the ones who kind of keep that soul to understanding that we are people. We're not just a function. And so it's really good to understand that the the care folks, those who, again, you're earning or losing trust with them based on the fact that I see you as a person, not just some cog in the machine. Right. But you, you brought up something about even in the meetings, if you're always getting to, oh, we just got to get to the task. And there's always meetings who are, people are like, hey, how's everyone doing? And there's always, <laughs> yeah. we joke about this when we're, when we're teaching teams this initially, there's always people who are like, okay, can we just, we have stuff to talk about. We, we need to think through this thing. And then the whole time you're thinking through things and processing and brainstorming, there's people who are going, um, can we, like, haven't we talked this to death? Can we just go do this? Because they're the action-oriented people. And so all of those are necessary components. But if you don't want to lose credibility with anyone, you have to include all those components. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I think those who ask, you know, how are you? How's it going? They... They mean that when they ask it, in a, and you can tell that they actually do mean it yeah. <laughs> when, they, when they do. And, and they are actually looking for a human connection because that human connection creates the trust. Okay, now we can accomplish something together. And they'll be more motivated to do so. Way more motivated. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So let's move on to the, the head types, which is the competency piece. Um, and this is a piece that I, I want to talk about it within the specifics of the of the head types. But before that, so many people we've had this conversation with, who are the other types, who are character people or care people, often have said, oh, no, competency means the first thing to me. Yeah. And then I'll, when I push back and be like, so they're really great at their jobs, but they don't give a rip about who they hurt around them. Like, Oh, no, no, I don't, that doesn't work for me. And so when when I would push back on it and when I'd actually ask a couple of clarifying questions, they're like, yes. So the competency obviously is a necessity if you're going to have a working, functioning team yeah. <laughs> in a work environment. Of course, competency matters. Yeah. But it is not necessarily the first thing that everyone is going to gain trust with. It will get you in the door. But so many bosses have told me that people have come in the door on competency. They've come in the door because of what they know and how smart they are, but they end up losing their job or not being able to excel in the company because they don't demonstrate consistent care for other individuals. They don't yeah. the capacity to connect with another human being or they don't show that they have consistent character, that they are like trustworthy people either in what they do or the way they treat others. Yeah. And so all of this really does matter. But for those who, this is their starting point, like how would you describe what you are looking for in the realm of competency? Yeah, so competency for me, and this is very much in the head center uh, triad, uh, is to have you thought through this? Yeah. The funny thing for me is, which is so diametrically opposed to the body types or the character uh, types, is did you do what you said you were going to do? So that produces trust for me as a body type. For me as a head type, it's yeah, it's important. But man, if your idea sucks <laughs> and you still do it because you're a person of your word, 
yeah. to me, you're an idiot. Oh. And so I lose complete trust in your capacity to really think things through, oh, and yeah. it doesn't create a sense of safety for uh, for head types, right? So, and I think ultimately, I think it's it, you know for all of the all of us, it's safety is an, an important feature. It's like, a, mm, but what makes you feel safe? Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like you you know where you're going. But again, uh, like you said, all three matter. So if you're if you think through things, but man, you don't execute on it, mm-hmm. then it's like after a while, that just no, I can't I can't deal with this. Yeah. Right. But the trigger point is definitely that. That is one where, oh, you didn't think that through. Wow, there's a huge inconsistency between your your thoughts, which is what caused me to leave ultimately to kind of burn out in an organization is I felt like, boy, there's a lack of consistency in your thinking. As mm-hmm. you know, I remember my, my boss, I my, admired him, thought he was amazing, not a head type. And then I started noticing the just, just the inconsistency. And they felt to me, they felt wrong. It's like a deep, like, no, this, mm-hmm. this is wrong. If you can't put these things together and you're behaving one way over here and you're articulating something different. So for me, that's where I saw right. some of the hypocrisy or some of the contradiction. In or it felt in, like hypocrisy. And exactly. It's you. a judgment on me. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, that. so that was where the trust for me started eroding. Yeah. And that doesn't feel good. So, because I want right. to know that there's a strong, impenetrable thought process behind what we're doing. Yeah. I like the phrase you used uh, when we did this in a training, which is coherent thoughts. Coherent thoughts. So there has yes. to be this coherence, this completeness, sort of like yeah. that it is packaged together in a way that is credible. Yeah. So there's a credibility that goes along with the trust. So you, they earn that safety of experiential trust through that credibility of the coherent thoughts. That's right. Okay. Exactly. Well said. Well, I, I was trying to articulate what I was hearing you say <laughs> to, and package it in that way. So, yeah, I think that when we're talking about this culture of trust, we're trying to you know, define it and, and, and have the things that we have in common to develop trust, like time, the fact that we are always moving in a direction. But that initial direction, I think, is, depending on your center, either that character, where there's consistent actions, there's the care of those considerate emotions, or the competency of those coherent thoughts. But when we talk about over time, we're always either building or diminishing trust. It's because once we have that initial one online, we do start to evaluate the other ones. And over time, we want to know, can I trust all three? Because the people we have the deepest sense of trust with, it's we trust their consistent actions. We trust that they do care for us. And they have considered emotions towards us and that they are competent. Yeah, all three is just all that's three the magic. Matter. Absolutely. Yes. So yeah. if you're trying to build a culture of trust, and you're missing any of these elements, it's going to break down. Yep. I think that's the point we are trying to make here. And so when we do this training with teams, we're trying to teach them to build a culture. And even when we we're talking about the meetings, even into the meetings, that includes all, all three. three of these elements. Yeah. Because that is how you're going to get the whole team on board. That's right. And if you're trying to get a whole team on board to go anywhere, you have to include all three of these elements or some people will feel like something's missing. Yeah, that's right. So thanks for listening. I hope this framework is helpful to you. 
And like I said, you can go to our blog and see the visual for it, as well as the, the breakdown where it's all laid out really concisely and, and clearly for you. That's at theartofgrowth.org, where you can also take a free Enneagram test or instincts test or reach out to us for coaching. But for now, my friends, may we consider leaning more into the skill of valuing what someone else values as part of our values. Because integration of the self is not a solo act, but comes through experiencing what others value and why. And this is when who we thought we were expands into what we can be. Grace and growth, my friends.